This is Amateur Logic, episode 140, for February 15th, 2020. This episode of Amateur Logic is brought to you by MFJ, the world leaders in ham radio accessories at mfjenterprises.com, and by ICOM. Get out and be active with the perfect QRP companion, ICOM's new IC705 and its optional multifunction backpack. Well, good evening. Welcome to another exciting episode of Amateur Logic. I'm George. I'm Tommy. I'm Emil. I'm Mike. And it's good to be back. I, I, you know, at first glance, you would think maybe there was a theme to this show, but no, I, I think there's like four themes going on here. <laughs> yeah, well, everybody's got their own theme. Yeah. Uh, well... It's, uh, we're going to promise you a bumpy ride tonight. You can count on it. You can count on it. I've, I got woke up at 3.30 this morning by a transmitter and I've been out there most of the day, uh, you know, up to my elbows in it, working on it. And so everything, as you might guess, is kind of like last minute tonight. So it's going to kind of be like, I was going to say just roll the dice, but no, it's more like just shoot up in here amongst us. <laughs> we got to have some relief. Yeah. One of us does. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, this is, what day is this, Mike? Maybe you know. St. Valentine's Day. Okay, and it, it looks like you're on, um, I don't know if you're on the dating game or if you're the love doctor tonight. um yeah the whole theme was uh kind of a carryover from work uh one of the one of the girls there uh decorated all the offices up with there were hearts all over the place wow you thought it was it was like being on the dating game all day long today yeah well all the girls out at the transmitter site were bovine and they weren't (laughs) they had no particular theme going today other than (laughs) Trump in the mud. <laughs> no. That was bovine. <laughs> okay. Tommy, it looks like you've had a long day, too, and you're yeah, just about just run down. about out of power, man. We need to get this thing going. Wow. You only got 10%. Yep. I'm going to have to plug in at, in the intermission. And email, you look like, I don't know, have you been, been to a disco? What's... What's going on there? Well, you guys might know that down here in the Nolens area, it's uh, Mardi Gras time, and, you know, it's Valentine's Day as well, as Mike said. So, you know, as you can see from the swag, any excuse to uh, party or celebrate something, no matter what it is during the Mardi Gras season, 
we're going to take advantage of it. So tonight is the Eve parade for Valentine's celebrating Adam and Eve or specifically just Eve because it's an all ladies parade. So tonight is that parade and I got to uh, go to their uh, Mardi Gras ball. So you'll see a little bit of that, I think. Cool. Awesome. That, you know, I've never been down there for Mardi Gras yet. And I have one time and uh, it was quite the experience. Some things uh, I'll tell you about sometimes, some of them I probably shouldn't. Yeah. Some of them I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Pat O'Brien's, do you remember yeah. that? Oh, yeah, I've been there. Okay. Yeah, Pat O's. Uh, we've been to it so many times that most of the time we're, we're looking to get up, go towards uh, Mike's country up there in the north or get away from it, actually, because <laughs> we grew up with it. But every once in a while, we stick around. Yeah. I, I can imagine that's right. You know, anytime we've got a show going live, we've got the chat room going on at the same time. Where is that, Tommy? That's at amateurlogic.tv forward slash chat. Uh, it's got a good group of people in the chat room. It's a lot of fun. The live stream's a lot of fun, but if you're not in the chat room at the time we're having a live stream, you're only experiencing half of it. And it's up to you to decide which half. Yep. So, anyway, come join us in the chat room if you're watching live. All right. Well, we have a a lot of stuff tonight. As I mentioned earlier, this is kind of four themes at least. It's at least four different themes going on tonight. The first theme we're going to talk about just a little bit because we'll revisit it later in the show, but... There was a ham fest here just a few weeks ago. It was, the Capital City Ham Fest. And this is my friend Stan Carter, K5JNT. We used to work together years ago. Yeah, good to see you, George. Good to see you, Stan. And this is where I got those duplexers. Uh, yeah, I uh, over the years I've managed to collect a few things and uh, just happened to have a set of duplexers I think that you're going to make some use out of. So happy to find a buyer for them well i hope i can make some use out of them i wanted to ask you about these tubes here these are some of these will be familiar to hams tell us a little bit about uh, well these where you might run across those other than ham radio these you will normally find in older am broadcast transmitters uh usually the 60s uh to the 70s uh, these are 4-400A tubes. They were common in uh, Collins and RCA 1,000-watt uh, AM broadcast transmitters. This one here that looks very similar but has a slightly smaller plate in it is a 4-250, which I believe was used as a driver stage in a higher-power AM transmitter. Yeah, I have never... I, I knew these existed... I've never dealt with any of those before. Right. Uh, that's, they're very uncommon. I can't recall where I found this one, but it was apparently at a site to where they had gone to a solid-state AM transmitter, and a lot of things had gotten left behind, including these 4400s and this 4-250, and I brought them down here uh, just in case somebody needed some uh, decoration for their ham shack. Speaking of decoration for the ham shack, I believe you might have seen these in a gauge transmitter, huh? Uh, yeah, you would. These are 833A tubes. Uh, you would commonly see these 
in uh, uh, Gates, I think the BC1 series, which they manufactured from, oh, I think probably late 40s, early 50s, up until the early 70s. Uh, typically, a 1,000-watt uh, Gates transmitter would have four of these, two combined for the RF stage and two for the modulator stage. If you had a 500-watt Gates transmitter, it only had a single A33 um, in the RF stage. And, you know, you don't often, often see them with a mirror finish like this. Tell us what's, what's the story on that. Now, more than likely what has happened, and I've seen them do this before, if there's a little bit of impurity in the uh, drawing the vacuum on them and it's still left in there, a lot of times as these tubes age when they're under power, they will slowly coat the inside of that glass with whatever impurities are in there, and you'll end up with that mirror finish. Now, I have another one over here that does not have that finish if you want to see what the inside of one actually looks like. Sure. Okay, yeah, that looks so, more normal. Yeah, that's what you would see if it doesn't have that finish. This one hasn't had nearly as much use on it, uh, but you can see your filament leads connect down here. Uh, plate and grid connect up here so um, that's pretty much all there is it doesn't need a tube socket and it normally if you see this mounted in a gauge transmitter they had uh, like a piece of bakelite run across there with a couple of clamps that would clamp down to the bottom so you'd see all four of them lined up in a row in the side of the transmitter and then your clip leads up here for your high voltage and grid yeah and and these you see these, like Collins or RCA, a little more expensive transmitters. The Gates transmitter, these were a little little cheaper. Uh, and, you know, as you say, no tube socket. So Gates tried to make economical equipment back in those that days. They, that they did. Uh, yeah, one thing you'll notice in the way these are designed with the holes in the bottom and the sides here, these were forced air-cooled. So you constantly had a blower forcing air up through here to dissipate the heat. But these are designed to where they were just basically convection cooling. They're so large that all, most of the heat would radiate off the large glass on this. And you, you may have a fan in the top of the transmitter to draw the heat out. But these did not require forced air cooling like the 4400s did. And the tube that you see on the amateur logic desk every Every episode is uh, Amperex 4-400, a little bit different looking plate in there, and that is courtesy of Stan. Right. I believe I had one that uh, was known not to be working anymore, but it looked good. It was a pretty tube, so it made a nice decoration. So a lot of folks, I guess, get to see that uh, on every episode of Amateur Logic. Yep. People, they haven't heard it, but they've seen it all over the world. So it's still getting out. That's good. That's good. All right, Stan, good to see you at another ham fest here. And, of course, you you bring a lot of stuff that maybe came out of the broadcasting field. How did you turn out this year? Uh, it did fairly well. Um, I got rid of quite a bit of the stuff. Um, this has been my first ham fest in a few years just because of scheduling issues. But, uh I uh, had really good luck at the first part of the day, and it's kind of slowed up a little later this afternoon. But, yeah, uh, very happy with the way everything turned out. Got rid of quite a bit of junk, so my wife will be happy when I get home. Well, that's good. And you're now 
a proud owner of an IC7000 as well. Uh, yes, uh, somebody told me that that would be a good rig if I wanted to start into HF. Uh, so I took his advice and went ahead and picked up a used IC7000 and a tuner. So looking forward to getting that on the air and start playing around a little bit. Okay, cool. Well, good to see you, and, well, we'll be talking with you soon. Okay, thank you, George. Just had a little accident here, and one of these got cracked. This one already had a crack in the glass, so not a big loss, but there's the plate right there. You know, I've never never taken one of these apart like this before, and... Well, normally it's not a good idea to take it apart like that, but this this tube already had a crack in it and it just tipped over and finished breaking. So not a big deal, but it lets you look at the interior of how these things are actually made. Yep. What we're seeing right here, this is the grid around the outside, this metal screen. And down inside there is the, the filaments. Right. That would be the part that you see lighting up when you're looking at these things in operation. Well, cool. Stan, we appreciate you taking one of these apart so we could look closer. Sure. Well, unintentional, but glad it turned out to be educational. Thanks, George. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. George, did you knock it off the table just so you could see? (laughs) No, actually, I think we just happened to be standing around there, and he was showing them something there to somebody else and knocked one of them over or something. Uh So. Yeah, it, it just kind of went over. It yeah. really didn't hit hard. He said it was already cracked. Yeah. So, you know, when you got an opportunity like that and there's a camera sitting right there. <laughs> you got to take advantage of the situation there. Yeah. Are, so. those, are those tubes um, brought down to a full vacuum, George? Do you know? Yes. They, they make a pop then when you crack them open? Uh, this one didn't. No, but he said it was already cracked. Yeah. So vacuum may already seeped out. Yeah. Um, The ones I've heard before, the smaller tubes, if you crack one of those, it's, um, yeah, it's not really a vacuum sound. It's more of a poof Mm -hmm. kind of sound. Not not like, you know, you'd break that little tab off the back of a picture tube. Oh, okay. Uh, That sounds like. It's not that much volume. No, it's not. So it wouldn't take long for that to lose the vacuum. Email, you have a Facebook post here I believe you wanted to share with us tonight from one of our viewers. Yeah, I was reading through the uh, Facebook, Amateur Logic TV Facebook, and uh, fellow Ham shared an article from something he was involved in. Uh, Brian Betts, W7JET, wrote to us uh, about an event from... Smeltertown, Arizona, in I hope I'm saying it right, Dromedary Peak, and it was he was he writes the January VHF contest with Soda, which I'm assuming is Summits on the Air. He had 110 contacts, preliminary score of 3600, first time using single sideband on 222 megahertz and 1296 megahertz. He says it was a blast and a beautiful day on top at 75 degrees. So it sounded like an awesome day he had over there i did notice in the comments someone asked him you know what were you using uh radio wise on 220 megahertz for single sideband and he he mentioned that he had a uh 
FT-817 with a uh, transverter. So yeah, I know I can honestly say with none the hills down here in New Orleans and the mountains, of course, they're <laughs> all, that I've never done summits on the air. <laughs> Some of us are uh, below sea level here, so it would be the opposite for us, pointing the antennas up, no doubt. But uh, it sounds and looks pretty cool from those pictures he sent us. So thanks for sharing that. Tommy, I, I want to say you know something about Brian as well. Did you say he was a pilot? Uh, yeah, I think he's an airline pilot. Pretty sure I was on one of the planes he was flying from Jackson to Atlanta one time. Really? That's cool. cool. That, yeah, I guess there's some pilots who are hams because, you know, they have HF rigs on those commercial airliners, I know. Yeah, yeah. Like you were telling me you'd made a c contact with one of them before, huh? Yeah, yeah, I, I do have uh, contact with uh, a pilot who was flying over over the house here on 17 meters in my logs, which was really neat. He was describing what he was doing, basically was testing his radio. He had a ham license, and he was the uh, the pilot, basically cruising over on autopilot uh, over the house here. So that was, he, that was pretty neat. wonder what he was using for an antenna up there, dragging the wire out the window? <laughs> no, no. He, apparently, what he's saying, saying is the antenna is built into the fuselage some kind of way, or oh. a part of the the structure of the plane. Oh, awesome! I'd like to get one of those in the logbook. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I talked to a guy on a plane before years and years ago. Oh yeah. Uh, it was a really long time. It wasn't a commercial flight. I don't think it was. Um... On HF? Yeah. No, no, no. On VHF. Never on HF. Would be interesting. Yeah. I think I've heard somebody flying over on a, in a small personal plane before, long, mm -hmm. long, long time ago. Might be the same one you're thinking of, maybe. Could be. Uh, anyway, because I, I don't have anything in the logbook like that. Well, we have a lot to go yet tonight. So, Emil, tell us again about this uh, Mardi Gras adventure that you went on the other day. So, so yeah, you, again, we're approaching uh, Mardi Gras here in New Orleans, and that's uh, a time where everybody's pretty festive, uh, lots of stuff going on, and any, literally any excuse to celebrate something or have a parade or just go out and stand out in the streets and catch the swag is uh, one thing. But there's also, to go along with most of these crew that ride in the parades, uh, dinner dances and balls and royalty and all it's a real big to do down here and we were invited to a ball or dinner dance and uh i got a few uh it's just kind of a short video but we got a few uh pictures here of all the uh of the event we went to to catch all the swag Thank you. 
You know, the prankster in me would like to be uh, in the audience with a leaf blower. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, that's why, they, they, you know, they, they wear those uh, outfits inside, of course. And they don't actually wear that well, maybe during certain parts of the parade. But anyway, the... Uh, yeah, they, they, that's an inside type thing, and it's a big, big to do. And you know, you can see the, the royalty, <laughs> and the, 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 pomp and circumstance about it. It's pretty cool. It's a pretty good party too. We, uh, we had a good dinner and uh, danced into the morning. So, great times, good times. So, was that a real count there with the cape on? <laughs> <laughs> no, no doubt. Yeah, this this is that was the uh, royalty of the parade. There were lots more people. I just couldn't fit them into a short uh, segment in video. Um, they go through the entire court of the parade, all the way up until the king and queen, of course, Adam and Eve. Part of the season and part of the tradition, oh, awesome. a certain type of uh, cake down yep. from the Nolans area. King cake. The king cake. That's right. Sugary type <laughs> cakes. Who doesn't? <laughs> From the parish, as we call it. Now, are these the same folks who made the Cajun Kringle? It is. It is, uh, Tommy. You were asking me about that yeah. the other uh, the other day. This is the same peeps. Oh wow! Look, yeah, that's kind of like what I got in my shed out there. Except they're like forty times that big. Yeah. Show us, <laughs> show us your tubes. <laughs> well, you already showed us your tubes, yep, so you're good. Made in China. Uh-oh. You got some coffee, too. You got Where's your coffee pot, George? In chicory. Uh, I, don't, I don't have a coffee pot over here. Mike, you, fix uh, Mike, I bet you have some stories about some chicory. I, uh, I do. What is chicory, Mike? <laughs> I know it's a plant, and they use it to, to take the bitterness out of the coffee, but I'm not a coffee drinker, so I wouldn't know. Okay. Same here. I'm not a coffee drinker either. So. That's okay. I'll have all y'all's coffee. Oh. <laughs> I'm definitely a coffee drinker. Yeah, so uh, this is this is looking pretty good here to me. Yes, sir. Oh, it, it's good. What do you say? I, I have... Actually, you know, will you move that box? Yeah. Being from from down here in the south, I've I've had king cake. Yeah, but they're before. not all made the same. A lot of the ones you get around here are not too good. And uh, we got one from my son ordered some from District Donuts down there, and, mm-hmm. and he got two kinds. One was the original something. And then they got the new style, whatever that was, and it was kind of flakier. They were very different. They were both pretty good, but they were different. And if you've never seen a king cake before, you've only seen a, a portion of one now. It's, uh, it's it's still in the wrapper there. It's kind of a ring. It's hard to see it with the wrapper on it. Yeah. It's yeah. It is. It's a ring. Yep. And it's got a lot of different colors, all the New Orleans colors it's on got, it. I think that's the baby stuck down in the middle down there. You baby. think that's the baby? Well, sometimes <laughs> oh, it's No. What is that? That says 30. Oh. There you go. Somebody's 30. <laughs> no, it's probably their 30th, maybe. 
Okay. T.S. Haydell's been around 30 years, maybe. Yeah. And there's a scrap of paper in there with it. Yeah, so since the baby is not it's visible, it's probably the... inside the cake. <laughs> yeah. So be, be sure not to uh, swallow anything whole. Make sure you chew it. <laughs> or if the knife happens to catch it, shame on you. All right. Well, let's let's cut in and... Well, that piece, that scrap of paper has a lot of stuff on it, but I'm pretty sure you don't want me to read that oh, all online. It was folded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it must be Haydell's 30th anniversary or something, or 30th year. So you got a special edition. See, I didn't even know that you're getting that. I didn't either. <laughs> oh, and I want to thank you uh, for for having them send us this, Emil. Yeah, absolutely. Not a problem. You guys get all the good stuff down there, man. <laughs> Too much, always. <clears throat> How about do a trip down there? I want to go down there to Mulots. You ever eat there? Mulots? Yeah. Um. Hold on. No. You know where Maybe it is? I'm... Right across from the convention center. Yeah, I've eaten there. Yeah, it's good stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, finger food. Yep. Oh yeah. Well. Mm. And the tradition, just so you know, the tradition is. Whoever gets the baby, George, has to buy the next napkins. One. Okay. <laughs> so it's official now. You've you've entered the king cake New Orleans tradition with an official New Orleans king cake. Now that's a good king cake right there. That is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And if you're wondering what it tastes like, <laughs> it's sort of like um, a cinnamon roll. Kind of similar, but yeah, sweeter. No, <laughs> covered in sugar. Yeah, mm -hmm. cool. that is good. That's very good. Yeah. Thank you, Emil, for sending that. Really appreciate mm -hmm. it. And happy Mardi Gras! I'll give you the uh, the royal wave with the with the cheap old man ruler. And and don't think, by the way, that I didn't hear you say you spent money somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're on uh, the list. Yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, that's going to be your tagline from now on. <laughs> I spent money. Because <laughs> uh, I heard you say you spent all your money. Y yes, all my Hamfest money. Oh, okay, okay. Then he got into next year's Hamfest money. Well, but I didn't get too far into next year's. <laughs> I still got Dayton to go this year, just like y'all do too. Yep. I'm hoping I make it. I'm worried about that. Yeah. Well, I'm going to enjoy a little more of this king cake here. And while I do, why don't we get a message from MFJ? And we'll be right back with a lot more to go. This year at Dayton Hamvention, MFJ introduced the new MFJ 1886 wideband receiving loop. This antenna covers all the way from 500 kilohertz for the standard AM broadcast band through 30 megahertz with no tuning required. You can dig out previously unreadable signals and track down annoying sources of interference with the MFJ 1886. This receive loop gives you tremendous power to copy weak signals through impossibly strong levels of QRN or QRM. Its superbly directive element and bulletproof low noise preamp dig out buried signals normally lost when using wire antennas. 
you'll get the perfect loop balance for deep, precise nulls. The dual MMIC push-pull preamplifier provides wide dynamic range. Phantom power is provided to the preamp through your coax by the included AC adapter and bias T. The indestructible aircraft-grade 36-inch aluminum loop offers great portability at 2.5 pounds, and the tough-molded weatherproof enclosure is perfect for outdoor installations. It mounts with regular TV hardware. Its standard U-bolts work with any conventional 1 and 3 quarter inch mast, and all mounting hardware is included. This loop is a powerful tool that will help you locate those noise sources you can suppress and null out those that you can't. Here are the signals you never knew were there with the new MFJ 1886 wideband receiving loop antenna. Check out this and the world's largest selection of ham radio accessories at MFJEnterprises.com today. That is good. We have a sugar coating on everything on the desk here now. <laughs> I think you're. I think I saw your battery charge go up a little bit, Tommy. Yeah, it did. It went up to about fifteen percent there for a minute. That's some nice beads there, guys. Yeah. Yes, sir. That's a good look. George, I got. I gotta ask, how how uh, how well do you know your neighbors, and do you ever get odd looks from the neighbors when you when you start uh, uh, demonstrating some of these antennas in your yard? They're used to it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've I've gotten some interesting looks before when we put them in the front yard for field day. Mm-hmm. But, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think most of them probably don't even really care. No, they don't. Yeah, and, you know, we don't have an HOA in this neighborhood, so. And I got one of the the coins, too. Oh, oh, oh. Are those doubloons? Yeah, that's the doubloons. I got two doubloons. One's transparent. Yeah, the... Check this out. Yeah, oh, wow. hold on to those. They'll be collector's items one day. Can it's a monocle. That? Can yours do that? <laughs> oh, wow. oh. oh yeah there's a photoshop now if i just had a fake gun here <laughs> yeah it's a photoshop moment for sure <laughs> well i should know better <laughs> okay i'm ready all right well tell us tell us about the email you've got there um, actually, my email is a follow-up to the one from last month from JKB0TS asking about the coaxial power connector sizes. Yep. It says, uh, Hi, George, Tommy and Emil. I'm an avid watcher of the shows and Ham Nation and Hat Owner. I found your discussion last episode of ALTV interesting when discussing the various power plugs used on equipment. I had a need to source a plug today, but no idea what size. Then I had an idea. Over the years... I bought power supplies that came with various end plugs to interface with basically anything. Usually one's missing after I use it and either throw away or store the leftovers. What plug is this is a major problem at times. I went to the local electronics store. Cheapest one I could find, but probably not cheap to a meal standards, was $9.95 in our country or U.S. $6.82. It was a multi-plug cigarette lighter power adapter with six DC connectors 
and two others which are more like mono headphone plugs which I won't use. I have now found the size I require and saved each set of plugs for checking another time because this problem does crop up. Each plug has written on its side what size is. And you can't really see it too well in the picture, but they are labeled with the sizes on there. I believe they were in that one. It's easy to plug in the equipment to find out what size is needed. The cigarette lighter cable, I'll put Anderson power poles on and repurpose it. Thanks for the email, uh, Phil. I, I don't think I said his name. It was Phil VK6ADF. Anyway, thanks, Phil. Cool. Well, that's, yeah. uh, that's interesting. I've never seen a DC plug with adapters like that before, but I, I agree with his comment about not wanting to use the ones that look like uh, foam plugs or those uh, mini stereo plugs, mm -hmm. um, especially if you're running power through it because they, they short out, don't they, as you're plugging them in? Yeah. Yeah, they, those would. just aren't a good idea at all. No. They blow a lot of fuses that way. Mm -hmm. Well... Ray Novak was here just recently. Actually, it was at the end of January. So that would have been, what, a couple of weeks ago. Mm hmm And he had a new radio in tow with him that everybody's been kind of excited about. It's the, uh, the new IC705 QRP rig. Here's just um, a little overview of the IC705. Now, if you want to see the full-length video... That is on the ICOM America YouTube page. You can go right there and, and find it. But here's a little something to whet your appetite. Tonight we've got a new radio to unveil. Now this is all, this will be all pre-release stuff, won't it? Yeah, the, the radio that I have is is still a prototype. George, you and Tommy have not seen this yet, have you? We've only seen what, what was shot from the Tokyo Ham Fair. And we weren't there. Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, nice. Look how small. Yeah. And this this isn't staged. This is the first time to take a look so at awesome. it. awesome. Oh, yes. You see that? <laughs> <laughs> look how, look now, how thin it is, man. That's comparing small. it to my ID51. Wow. And this is VHF and UHF, and this is everything, huh? Yeah. Now let me let me show you something else. Comparing the battery pack to the one that I've got on my ID fifty one. Looks it's the, the same, same battery. Except without the belt clip. So your handy talkie battery will power this as well? Yes, sir. Wow. Awesome. That looks like a seventy three hundred or a seventy six ten. Mini 7300. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, same, basically the same layout. That's pretty sweet. So. And fairly, let me see how much. Lightweight. Mm -hmm. it, yeah, it is, definitely. And then the carry, I've got a mag loop antenna in here. Oh, wow. Comet. Is come out with an with an HF antenna. Nine band. Oh wow! Now is you, that, is that you do need a mount for it because it's mm -hmm. got a uh, PL two fifty nine. Just basically wanted to show the same battery yeah. pack 
for my handheld. And that's pretty nice because you could charge up several batteries and take them with you because they don't weigh that much. And you'd have uh, a lot of operating time on that rig out in the field. But if you wanted to use another battery, you just say you hook it up to a car battery or something. I noticed there's a coaxial. With the battery that comes on it, you're looking at 5 watts output power. 13.8 will give you 10 watts output power. Okay. Now, I see something that I really wasn't expecting to see on that rig right there. And that's this little satellite icon flashing here. Now, we're in a metal building, so you can't see any satellites on there. You mean this thing is, has got a GPS in it? Yes, sir. It has GPS built into it with an SD card that you would load on the side here. Mm -hmm. It'll GPS track for you. Oh. More than likely, we'll adopt some of our commercial software that will take your, your GPS coordinates and the audio you record and show where you were when you made the contact. Oh, sweet. Wow. So if you're doing FM as you're going to a soda location, FM up the mountain, then you get to the mountaintop, you do your activation, all of that will be uh, recorded time-stamped, date-stamped, as well as uh, geo-stamped. Cool. Huh. So all your metadata is recorded on the card. That's pretty good sounding audio mm -hmm. for such a small speaker. Yep. For such a small speaker, but there again, it's got Bluetooth in it. Yeah. So you can pair it to a headset. Why don't you take a look at something here? Uh, besides all the smudgy fingerprints from playing around with it yesterday, we left the radio on. Yes. The screen, did, screen. screen didn't die. Screensaver kicked in. Mm -hmm. So I'm conserving batteries there, Tommy. That's pretty smart of you. And he can even get even more cocky about it because if you intentionally want to, okay, I'm on my call frequency, I'm going to stay there while I'm on the soda, I just momentarily press the power button, it goes amber. You can still receive and hear. It just oh. kills all the controls on the front panel. It conserves a lot of battery power, I'm sure. Yes, sir. Oh. Just sitting here looking at it. I feel like I could probably just sit down and start operating it because I've used an IC7300. Yep. Uh, it operates just like the 7610. It even operates a lot like my uh, my 7700. Yeah, it operates. Bless that's what I like about. Yeah, it operates a lot like the 8600 receiver. Yeah. And the 7100. And the 9700. Yeah, I like that. It's all consistent. So it's really not going to be a huge learning curve to get started. With one of these, is not it? not at all. It is SDR, so things are always subject to change, new yes, features, and this magical slot on the side right there. That's a micro SD card. Mm -hmm. That will allow you to do firmware updates. George, you saw the speaker mic earlier. Yes, and I, I liked it, and I commented on how nice a cable oh, that has oh, on it nice. too. It feels good and solid too. That's yeah. not flimsy. Ray, thanks for bringing that by here tonight. And well, I appreciate giving, it. Giving us a sneak peek because, wow, that's, you know, it, it's just got virtually everything you could 
Vaughn in there and, and more. Well, I appreciate you coming, taking the time to come over here with it. It's always a pleasure to see the new gear that's, when it's coming out. Yep. All righty. Well, thank you, guys. All right. Thanks, Ray. 73, everybody. That was a really nice rig. Yeah, I would definitely encourage you to go. If you're interested in it at all, go check out the full video over on the ICOM America YouTube page. The reason I'm showing this right now is because I got an email from uh, Harry W6HAS who said, hope this helps. He found over on Wikipedia a coaxial power connector PDF file that covers just a lot of different coaxial power connectors there, and it's got the color, you know, for those uh, kits that Radio Shack sold. Oh, cool. But if you look through here, and it's got the sizes over here as well, the same color is, is used more than once, so you can't really, like... Like there is a yellow right there, and it's a 6.5 millimeter outer diameter, 4.3 inner. Well, if you look back up the list, I think you'll find there's another yellow right here that's 5.5 millimeters outer and 3.3 millimeters inner. So, can't strictly go by the cut. Well, there the, there's like three different yellows right there, three different sizes. So you can't strictly go by the colors. Actually, that's four, isn't it? Yeah. Well, they um, should have named them like uh, Lemon, Sunshine, you know. You see with a the theme here? Instead of just yellow, yellow, yellow. Could have gave like, like, those, like those flavor radios from Radio Shack. They were, they were <laughs> called uh, that Green sounds, Apple and Banana. and. <laughs> that sounds kind of like stripper names or something, Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> Radio Shack, they also had a letter for the uh, sizes on some of them. They did? Mm -hmm. I do remember for sure that one was an M because I bought several of them because they fit. It's a very common size. Well, we've still got a lot more to go. Still. Did I mention that we've... we haven't been out chipping away at it at all, are we? No. <laughs> we keep circling back around to the same topic. Well, we're just barely halfway there yet. But I feel the need to take another quick break. I'm having a sugar coma come on me over here, so. Here, how about a doubloon? A doubloon? Well, from there. Okay. I say it matches my I'm shirt. Keep, I'm going to keep this green one because it's kind of, it, it matches pretty much everything, depending yeah. on where you put it. <laughs> yeah. It's like a black hole. Uh-huh. All right. We'll be right back. Get out and be active with ICOM's new IC705 and its optional multifunction backpack. The IC705 is your perfect QRP companion as you have base station features and functionality at the tips of your fingers and a portable package covering HF 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters. This compact rig weighs in at 1 kilo or just over 2 pounds. With RF direct sampling for most of the HF band and IF sampling for frequencies above 25 MHz. 5 volt battery operation with BP272 or 10 watts with a 13.8 volt DC supply. Modes include single sideband, CW, AM, FM, as well as full D star functions. A large 4.3 inch color touchscreen and live band scope with waterfall. Integrated GPS with antenna and GPS logger, micro SD card for data storage, 
It comes standard with the HM243 speaker microphone, and it supports QRP and QRPP operations. The perfect accessory for the IC705 is the LC192 optional backpack with a special compartment for your IC705 and room for accessories for soda activations or just a day in the park. Visit icomamerica.com amateur for more information about this and all the great ICOM radios. And thanks, ICOM, for sponsoring Amateur Logic here. Helps us out a lot. Mike, you had a post on your mind as well, didn't you? Or a tweet? Or, or what was it? It was, it was in the news, and then it came across on the Radio Amateurs of Canada, uh, one of their bulletins about a Gene Moffat, a 96-year-old um, volunteer at the Ontario Science Centre, who is also a ham operator, and from what I understand, she she was a late late in getting her license. And I think, if I'm correct, uh, she got her license after her husband passed away. Um, so if she's 96, that would have been 30 years ago. Um, so well into her 60s, and um, yeah. So I guess it's just goes to show you that it's never too old to get your amateur radio license. And uh, apparently she used to volunteer at the Ontario Science Center. And it says here that she was working in the greenhouse, killing all the plants because she can't keep plants alive. <laughs> and uh, armed with her amateur radio license, she helped set the Ontario Science Center's first uh, radio shack with the call sign Victor Echo 3, Oscar Sierra Charlie. Um, and um, it also goes on to say that uh, she she was able to cross uh, something off their bucket list by working the International Space Station recently. 96 years old, I probably couldn't even get in there where the radio is. Might that's, not all, even that's really awesome. Know how to turn it on. Yeah. I don't know, but she didn't look like she was slacking up at all. No, she don't look 96 either. No. No, no, she's doing well. Yeah, I don't know if I want to live that old, but uh, good honor. Yeah, yeah. If I'm, I'm okay with it if I can still go get around, do take care of myself. And she seems to be doing pretty well. Yeah, yeah, she that. seems to be uh, uh, quite mobile for sure. Well, it reminds me of my grandmother. My grandmother was like almost eighty-five. Actually, I think she was about eighty-five, and uh, she used to talk about taking the old people. She she got used to drive the old people down to Mobile so they could go on the cruise ship. Yeah, and uh, it's funny. Wow. Well, we got two more videos tonight. You said eighty five. Yeah, she's an eight, she's way up in her eighties. Wow. She was still driving down there to the cruise ship. They they her and the uh, senior citizens group there. They used to go wow. on cruises. We got two more videos tonight. And both of these, well, they're they're totally different. But then again, they're sort of on subjects that we already touched on. We talked with Stan earlier at the Ham Fest, and he cracked a tube for us so we could see what was inside. Well, it's nice of him, too. We appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> and next here, this is stuff, mostly it's stuff that we got at the Ham Fest this year. Here we are at the Capital City Ham Fest, uh, year 2020. Um, looks like you've already found a bunch of loot. I did find some loot. You know, it's this is a Friday night of the Ham Fest. That's usually not a real crowded time. 
And you get the first look at stuff if you're here on Friday night. So I got to look at maybe too much stuff, man. I, I, I picked up a lot of loot here today. Yeah, you did. Uh, you got some. It looks like you got some pretty good stuff. You got a pretty good deal, I hope. Well, the first thing I saw was just straight across the aisle from where we are here. There's a lady selling test equipment. I walked in and I saw this case right here, and I knew immediately that I would be leaving with a little less money today. I've been looking for this. You know, I've talked about wanting a megger and looking for one at a ham fest for years, literally ever since we started the show. This is the exact model that I used to use and I have been looking for. It's a military surplus. It's a Holzer Cabot. You take these two terminals, put you some jumper leads on it, connect it across whatever you want to test. I would say a piece of coax or feed line typically with no termination on the end. You're wanting to see if that that piece of feed line has any kind of breakdown at all in it when you start putting voltage on it or power. This device will do it. Here, Tommy, uh, lick your finger and stick it between these two terminals while I crank this crank here. But that's what you do. You you connect it across something you want to test and anything you want to test for uh, breakdown voltage. And I believe this particular model generates, uh, well, 500 volts DC. You spin this crank. Stuff falls down all around you. <laughs> and if you see nothing at all, then that means... Whatever you were measuring has has no insulation breakdown at all. It's a very high impedance, which is what you'd want on a piece of coax. But if you start seeing it read in some megaohms here, if the meter moves at all, then that means that piece of coax may be wet on the inside somewhere, or, or maybe a connector is wet and you've got an issue. So I've I've been looking for this exact model for years and years and I saw it today and I had to pick it up. It, it was no question about it. She knew it too because I made an initial offer and she said well I, I was hoping to get more like $50. So you know probably most folks wouldn't spend that but if you knew what it was it's well worth that. And I already had a really good one. Uh, that's much more modern than that, a Greenlee brand. But, you know, something about the nostalgia of that. And, you know, you don't have to change the batteries in this thing. You just crank a little faster. The next item I got, and Tommy got one of these, too, from our friend Stan Carter, uh, K5JNT. And he had some of these tower satellites that... It looks brand new, but it actually came off a tower. They replaced the lighting with LEDs. And he had some of these over there. As a matter of fact, I think there's still two over there. And he, he hooked Tommy and I up so 
You'll probably be seeing these on a on an amateur logic set near you at some point. These are not real cheap. They they cost a, a fair amount of money, but incandescents are kind of going out for tower lighting. People are going with LEDs, and uh, I'm, I appreciate Stan giving that to us. And the other thing, this is the winner of the 7,000 IC7100 Smackdown. It's an IC7000. You know, I've, I've had one of these for a number of years. It's my favorite mobile rig. I don't have power connected to it here, but, you know, it's got the color display in it. It's not a touchscreen, but it has a color display, all band, all mode, really good DSP in it. It's been an excellent performer. I've really enjoyed the one I've got in my mobile. I've got two mobiles, though, and the other one doesn't have an HF rig in it. This one was calling my name when I walked by. and The price, well, it was just in range to where I said, yeah, I think, I think maybe I better pick that up. So we took it over to the table, tested it out, and everything works on it just fine. And so that actually, that took all the money that I brought to spend at the ham fest. So I'm going to have to go home and get some more to bring back tomorrow. Dig up a mason jar. <laughs> and who would appear here Ta-da. with the camo pants? Now he has camo photo cells yes. to match right here, or solar panels, actually. Tell me what you got. It's a 60-watt folding solar panel. Um, can't remember the company's name, but they were out of Tucson, and these are factory seconds. The stitching's messed up on them, so... Hundred bucks, I couldn't turn it down. Yeah, I think that's a real good price. Forty watts is is quite a bit. That's definitely not bad. And I also got another little piece of the uh, double shielded. Uh, what is that? RG three sixteen. Yeah, that's a double shielded mini coax. Basically equivalent to the one seventy four, and fifty foot for ten bucks. I couldn't pass that up either. Yeah, that, that's really good stuff there. So that's all I've got, all the damage I've done for today. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Hopefully there'll be some more folks show up. Uh, yeah, I hope so, and, and some more junk. Got one of these from Stan, like you did, like you mentioned already, and then I bought a laser pointer. My son had one, and it was broken, and I saw one over there for a good deal, and I picked it up for him. So I'm going to do my shopping tomorrow when we come back. No idea what I'm going to get yet, but uh, something. It's Saturday afternoon at the Ham Fest. Near closing time. Got a couple other things today, but probably the biggest thing I got, well, big physically overall, is these cavities here. These are really commercial cavities. But the guy, uh, or my friend Stan actually sold them to me. They're supposed to be able to tune down to 146 megahertz, and there's one repeater in the area that's on 146.85 that's been off the air for a number of years. They actually have a machine now, but no cavity. So I thought I'd buy these. I got a good price on them and see if I can tune them up and make them work, and I'll, I'll give them to the repeater. And other than that, I got a bag of these free. 
I think a lot of folks here got these free. I didn't get as many items as George did this year, but I did get some good stuff, I thought. Some of it, I was thinking of a meal, so I didn't want to get put on the bad list from that. So I got a one of the Northwest Digital Radio boards that you could make a hot spot out of uh, your rig and a raspberry pie. It's one of the older versions. So my buddy Johnny gave me that to play with, so that was f- free of charge. I got some complimentary colored multicolor wire ties like George got and then the only other thing I really bought is uh, a scanner I bought this scanner it does uh, P25 phase 2 and a bunch of other modes so I was wanting that so I could listen to some of the emergency traffic up in the area I live in and they all moved to the phase 2 stuff so I couldn't pick it up with my older scanner got a really good deal on that so I couldn't pass it up and uh, yesterday, I got the light and um, a laser pointer for my son. He wanted one. So that's pretty much all I've got from the ham fest this year. And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> hey, George, do you have some explaining to do when you got home? Or did you hide the stuff like, uh, I'm going to get myself in trouble here, but... Uh, my cousin Jerry has been known to sneak stuff into the house after Hamfest. Well, you know, I don't sneak any of it in the house. The studio <laughs> out here is also my shack, my uh, my electronic shop, my office, and she can come in here. And there's so much stuff in here, she doesn't notice anything new. <laughs> It's just, you know, there's just stuff everywhere, so it's not an issue. That's how you do it. Yeah. and You have to throw some dust on it, make it look older, you know. Yeah. Just move my, some things my grandfather around. used to say to my grandmother, I acquired it. Yeah, that works. That's all he would say. And that, that's very true. Um, just the manner and how you acquire things, but... I, you know, I didn't need that mega because I've already got a nice green leaf mega. But that is the exact one I have been looking for for all these years. And I just, I don't know, I had to have it, man. It's something about turning a crank and watching the fish come up out of the water, you know. It just <laughs> <laughs> Cheaper than dynamite. Yeah, well, it, no, I just I just wanted it, you know. Um, you know, when that nuclear blast comes, it's going to take out my, you know, electronic mega, but hey. But you'll be testing coax for people's radios that are fried. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. The great, the great Swami predicts a VE3 MIC episode of Megome Fishing. Hmm. <laughs> well, actually, on that note, um, Years years ago at a flea market, I picked up one of those old. Uh, I think they were more used on farms. Yeah, the crank. It didn't have the the uh, telephone handset piece on it, but it had the box with the bells on it, the ringer, and it had the side crank on it. And it was an uh, old Northern Telecom, and I've always wanted to hook up a, a meter to it just to see what kind of voltage you could get out of it by cranking it. Oh yeah, well. Uh... You could stick your tongue to the wires and tell pretty quick, <laughs> which is what I tried to get Tommy to do on this mega here. Yeah. He wouldn't um, go for it. 
I'll probably have to go to Mardi Gras for a couple of days before I'd be willing to try that. <laughs> I do yeah. have to come clean, though. I did have one more purchase after we shot that. What was that? Those, uh, uh -huh. I bought a set of cans uh, donated for the local That's Star right. repeater also. Yeah. Uh, Johnny's got his repeater, but the uh, the other one that we had around us off, they reallocated the duplex for it, so Stan had a pair of those, so I bought those donated them yeah. to that. Unfortunately, the ones I bought, it was two sets of three cans. Now, I only paid $100, and I got two sets of duplexes, email. But, two sets. Uh, yeah. But unfortunately, they're, they're for the commercial band, although they would tune down to amateur radio. They're for a 6 megahertz split. And they're just not going to be useful for a two-meter repeater. So, I have six cans now I can hook to my spectrum analyzer and tracking generator and practice tuning with. Yeah. So, but takes up a lot of space for a practice. Yeah, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need to go ahead and practice so I can move them on out. Uh -huh. but, I'm hoping the ones that I bought are okay. I haven't heard anything from them yet. I mean, there's there's probably something useful you can do with them, but I don't think, you know, I don't think they're going to work for the repeater. We streamed part of that IC705 video live, and then we released oh, around 51 minutes of it. It's on the ICOM America YouTube page. But there's some completely unseen by the world at this point. Set. I can't wait to see what that is. Yep. And I just so happen to have a copy of it right here. And it's not really talking about the 705. It's talking about a couple of pretty neat antennas. Uh, well, let's just look at it. I, I think you're going to like these. One of the other things that was in the Magic Backpack, and I call it the Magic Backpack because mm -hmm. of the social media, the found in my backpack... <laughs> was a mag loop antenna. Yes, you're going to want an antenna with this, and a mag loop's a, a good one, in it? got tired of seeing everybody make the comment, you have to have a tuner, you have to have a tuner, that you look at the three main parts of this antenna. I mean, that's good, good coax. Oh, yeah. And if you... Imagine trying to set up an antenna. Uh, you've got your different soda beams and things like that to put up, an MFJ mast. Mm -hmm. um, I did do this wrong. So if we were in a race to see who could set it up the quickest, you take a look at what you've got involved and what you pack. Hey, you want me to hold that radio and get it out of your way? No, sir. That's <laughs> all right. I appreciate it. It's the thought that counts. Yeah, get the pack, too, Tommy. That's, that's compact. There again, on a picnic table or... Hotel room window... Hotel room window. And the one thing about the mag loops, 
Your receiving area is the sides, not the ends. So putting it out the window like that does not improve your reception. Hmm. Yeah. Because it is going to be directional, and your null is off the ends right here. So if you're if you're like what I was in the hotel this this afternoon, the window was east west. It was maybe ten degrees plus or minus true two seventy ninety. I had it against the window like this. I was listening to the guys since CQ based out of Florida, if his QRZ was right. So that was perfectly set up to do California or to do Florida. But California, Texas, or Georgia, east-west off the ends here, probably not so much. And you turn the little tuning knob right there. Oh, wow. You listen for the noise to come up. Yeah. Not only listen, but look. You're not in tune. You're not in tune. I mean, we make one full turn. And it is sensitive. This, this is a very high-Q type antenna. So... Let's go down to the CW portion there again. We're in this Faraday cage, so. But look, I, I tuned, it was around 200. Mm-hmm. And you can see the, the level here. Yeah, significant difference. And you can even see in the scope the significant difference. You can see where mm -hmm. it is. Tune in right at the antenna is always preferred to tune in on the other end of the coax. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Because you don't have all that loss that you've got in the coax otherwise. We spec the 703's antenna tuner 3 to 1. I had customers tell me that it would tune a 10 to 1 SWR. Hmm. Okay, that's magnificent. It tunes a 10 to 1 SWR to make the transmitter happy. Yes, but you still have 10 to 1 SWR on the output of that antenna tuner. So if you're transmitting 10 watts, your ERP is not going to be 10 watts. No. Because mm -hmm. you've got all that reflected power mm -hmm. coming back towards you. I mean, you can see my hand. I, I make major turns. You can, yeah, you can hear it. Like, like Gordo says, tune for maximum noise. Yes, sir. And I've seen some of them where people are just continually turning and turning and turning. And this one, I mean, you, you tune 360 and you've tuned the entire bandwidth that it could possibly do. Alpha Antennas is who the manufacturer is. They say it's 40 through 10. Hmm. That's incredible. Yeah. And look how small it is, man. That's yeah. That is. That is very small. 
it fits nicely in the backpack. And when you take a look at the weight, oh, nothing. But I don't know how much it weighs, but it's less than a pound, I'm sure. It's very light. It's <coughs> all the case. Oh, yeah. Do you know how many watts that one is good, too? It's QRP, isn't it? Yeah, that one's QRP. They do make a 100-watt version of it. And there again, I mean, it's... LMR 400 mm -hmm. times microwave is the the coax, so the good I mean, stuff. it's good stuff. These connectors fit in here nice and tight, and you sit there and you keep turning and going, oh, oh, yeah, I gotta mm -hmm. remember to undo it. And you had a, another antenna in that pack as well. Yes, sir, I did. Yeah, there's a, another antenna in here. It's not as complete. And that's the Comet HFJ350. What is brand new, brand new my, wow, brand new antenna. The connector on it is a PL259. So George, I'll let you take that one out. I'll finish packing. Okay. Packing my backpack here. 3.5 through 50 megahertz. Oh wow. Unlike your camera, That's a lot of bands. Your camera packs, mm -hmm. you can reposition your divider inside here. Cool. Well, this thing kind of reminds me of the Outbacker yeah, style antennas. Yes, sir. The 75 meters all the way up to 6 meters? Yes, sir. Wow. Yeah. Got now. your little wonder lead here. You can put a counterpoise in here, and then your mount, whether you put it on a picnic table, mm -hmm. a tripod, tripod, you have to think a little bit farther ahead on how you want to do it. Right. Um, I was actually thinking that you could put a a mount on a walking stick. Yeah. And have that out there, and then run your counterpoise off of that. And it's a nice quality telescopic oh, wow. piece as well. Go fishing with it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, Tommy. Yeah. But there again, no idea on any of the prices of these items. Because and this is and you said this was just just coming out? Yes. Is it for sale yet? Uh Mick told me that he had these available, but I don't know if he's put pricing or anything. And you still got a lot of room left in that pack. Yes, sir. You put a few, Couple of, few of those donuts in there. A few of those donuts. Uh, you can put a lithium iron phosphate battery. So if you want full 10 watts out, you got your 13.8 to go into it. In there, it holds it nice and flat. There's even a ridge in the backpack to keep it from flying out. You know, I can see some guys at Dayton walking around right now with that backpack on backwards and that radio sitting right here in front of them. Well, you, you can They're see this guy around. doing that. Yeah. There's one of those in my future. 
Yeah, I can see it coming. Now, Emil, you just hold your horses there. Don't say anything. <laughs> I'm working on him over here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to do like kind of like you do with your wife and this stuff. I'm just going to have to gonna, like, sit around Sneak and some other <laughs> things. <laughs> Emil's around because I don't know if I'm going to be able to get by with that. I, I'm not even sure exactly how much it costs, but there's definitely one of those in my future. That would be so nice for traveler oh yeah the i you know i didn't have a shot really of the inside of the backpack but i mean you saw it the the radio just fit right there across the top and then you got all this room down in there you can store antennas and i mean he just rolled up that mag loop stuck it down in there and he had the common antenna stuck down in there as well and there was just tons of more room left oh yeah and yeah and yeah but that it was a pretty small backpack. Yeah, man. like it was. Yeah, that mag loop rolled up in there and everything. Man, that is just like it's yeah. I, I really like that. Uh, you know, a few more watts would be nice, but you can get ten off of twelve volts or thirteen point eight mm-hmm. volts, which that's that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's I QRP. Thought it was a, mm-hmm. I thought it was amazing how much it sounded like a, a, a real fishing uh, pole there. Yeah, they're not awesome. Yeah. Now I think that's an optional attachment. I don't think oh, okay. it comes with the real buzz. So you could oh, okay. take it hiking or fishing. Optional downrigger, Emil. Yeah, the optional pontoon. Yeah, I can I can see where we're going here. <laughs> now it it really is a uh, a nice setup there. That that's just like a mini outbacker almost. Mm-hmm. That that little comet. Oh yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. I think we've approached <laughs> the end of another exciting episode here. And by the way, the red light that we were talking about that Stan gave us, yeah. there's one of them right there. Yeah, watch for that in an upcoming project because uh, that's going to make its debut sometime here soon. Yeah, I need a bigger piece of wood here on the sign, and I'll just set that up there and have it flashing. Emil, you've got to get a blue one. All right. Like Kmart had the, uh, what was it, blue light special? Blue light special. (laughs) Yeah, I do remember that. People would go running from all corners of the store when they saw that blue light flashing, man. I think I might have got my first Commodore VIC-20 on a blue light special. Before we get out of here, a couple of things we do want to mention, and we appreciate everyone hanging with us tonight through this. During the month... There's other places you can catch us. Where where might that be? Where is one place that, oh, I don't know, maybe you could go if if you were interested in what was going on throughout the month? Well, you could go to uh, facebook.com slash group slash amateurlogic.tv. There's a pretty active Facebook group there. Good bunch of people. Yeah. A lot, a lot of fun things. There's always uh, groups I.O. Yeah. Or email, I bet you know. Oh, I think I do. I think you could uh, hang with the birds on the wire and listen for some tweets yep. on um, <laughs> at Amateur Logic on Twitter. Yep. Follow at Amateur Logic. And the groups.io uh, link is groups.io slash G slash Amateur Logic. And if you want to know when we're going to be streaming a show live or whenever one's released or what everybody's talking about, any of those, 
you know, check them out there. And we do always post in, in all three of these areas here whenever there's going to be a live stream coming up. Yep, absolutely. So that's how you'll know. I guess that's going to do it for Valentine's Day. We didn't, nobody ate any chocolate. No, okay, king cake, though. That was actually better than chocolate. Well, yeah, it was. Yep. <laughs> we didn't bite any babies, so we were okay. Yes, I'll have <laughs> to go back to so the far. dentist this week. Yep. Um, I tell you. And I, yes, yes, Kevin, I am wearing pants. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Thanks for joining us tonight. And join us around the end of the month. We will be presenting our second episode of the Amateur Radio Extra study. Now we'll be full bore into the questions this time. We'll be into the questions. I don't know how how wide a bore we're going to have just yet. <laughs> but we'll be into the questions. The last episode, the one we just released, just covered what was going to be on it, just the topics. And I know Emil was following closely and not goofing off in the chat room because he's planning on taking the test. I, I actually am, and I've been enjoying it. I, I, I noticed you guys covered the... Uh the topics on the first episode and I'm going to be right there because I've been hitting those books pretty hard on the online thing from the prize I won plus I'm going to definitely be listening to you guys for sure. Yep. Cool. And what could you take away from that episode? The whole show was nothing really but the topics. So there's a lot yeah. of stuff on that. There's a lot of topics. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what I took away from it. Like, oh wow. Yeah, there's a lot of things here and some of it's going to be, I think, memorizing. Some of it's going to be learning, making sense of it all, and maybe actually trying to do it. So I'm going to take my time. I'm in no rush. I want to learn it. Yep. There you go. Yeah, take your time, learn it, and, you know, study. You'll you'll want to study for it. Oh, yeah. You definitely need to study. I, I need to study again for it. I do, too. And we've already got it. Yep. But we're getting tested every week, or every month, rather. Feels like every week. You know, it's a good thing. We but we'd better be quiet, man. They may want to pull our licenses <laughs> before, <laughs> before this is over with. All right, seven three. Thanks for being here, everyone, and we'll seven, see you three. again. Happy Happy Mardi Gras and Happy Valentine's Day. Seven three. change routine because I got my beads hung up in the <laughs> microphone. Is that, a, is that a big incident? I can't see how to get them out of there. People getting their beads hung up down there in, in the microphones? Uh, yeah, and everything else, yes. <laughs> uh -oh. Mike, what if you just like
felt like following along, what would you do? Uh, I'm sorry, the lower third's covered up by my Skype window. 